Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com. You're also invited to reach out to me directly. My email is an easy one. It's michael at bullrealty.com. Well, we have a great show for you today. You know, a lot of people are just wonder what's going on in the commercial real estate market. Also, you know, with what's uh, with all the stuff going on in the world, what's going on in Israel, what's going on with uh, interest rate hikes, what's going on with the economy and the Fed, uh, what's going on with real estate, and what's going on with public real estate, what's going on in the REIT world, where a lot of us are invested, even if uh, we're not aware of it, we probably are. So let's uh, get it, the uh, word there from an expert. Ed Perzak. Ed is Senior VP of Research with NAREIT. Ed, good to see you. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Michael. Pleasure to be here. Well, thank you. And and first of all, uh, you know, our commercial real estate audience is very sophisticated about the commercial real estate market, but sometimes there's some differences between what's really going on in the commercial real estate world uh, and then the public REIT world, right? Yeah, there, there absolutely is. I, I think that, you know, when we take a look at the state of the real estate market today, uh, we, we really kind of see two factors at play. Uh, first, we see a divergence in public and private real estate valuations. Uh, and then we also see some challenges in the capital markets. And, and this really kind of stems around refinancing. Yeah, well, tell us about the divergence. Uh, what do you mean there? Yeah. So, you know, the divergence, I guess, you know, this really started back in 20, uh, 2022 and uh, it can really be captured in cap rates. And if you take a look at public cap rates today, they're materially higher than private cap rates. And and this is pretty interesting because, you know, we've had a surge in the 10 year Treasury yield uh, surge in property debt rates. Uh, we've seen REIT implied cap rates increase. We've even seen private transaction cap rates increase. Uh, but yet we we see kind of the private appraisal cap rates. They've only increased modestly. And, and I think really today appraisals are kind of providing a false sense of security and, and not really kind of reflecting market realities. And in really kind of a, a great way to look at it is if you take a look at read implied cap rates, they've, they've kind of been hovering around 6% over the last uh, few quarters. Uh, but yet, uh, then you take a look at transaction cap rates, um, and, and this is for private real estate. Uh, you see that you know they're they're trying to get close to that. They're trying to close the gap, but you know it's really been a little bit of a fickle metric. And the reason being is that there's just been such limited transaction volume. And then lastly, when you take a look at appraisal cap rates, uh, you see that uh, they they're incredibly low. And, uh, and they've only had really uh, what I would call modest and uh, measured, maybe even managed increases. And, and really over the past several quarters, they've only increased about 20 basis points a quarter. So when, when you ultimately look at the gap between the read implied cap rate and, pri and uh, private appraisal cap rates, you, you see that it's, it's a really wide gap. It's about 185 basis points. And, and so th this really kind of creates a challenge. Obviously, there's some valuation challenges there on the private side. 
but also, you know, kind of going back to uh, when we see these kind of modest increases in appraisal cap rates, you know, on the one hand, you know, they certainly have acknowledged a uh, property valuation problem, but they haven't addressed its severity. And, and really just, you know, kind of ignoring the gravity of a situation doesn't make it go away. And the cap rates for appraisals on, on REIT properties, yeah, so what you're saying is they, they're probably too low, they probably should be higher? Yeah, no, that's absolutely correct. And, and so uh, when, when we kind of break things down on the private side, uh, we see that, you know, transaction cap rates are really just a sliver of the universe. Uh, and, and the bulk of them are uh, dealing with appraisals. And so we see them to be quite low today. I think at the end of the second quarter of 2023, uh, the uh, NACREF, uh cap rate for open end funds was about four, four to quarter percent. And, you know, you kind of compare that to a cap rate of over six percent uh, on REITs. You, you really do see that there's a big gap. Yeah. Well, what does that mean for uh, REITs and their position moving forward? You know, so I, I think the good news for REITs, I think that, you know, they're, they're really well positioned uh, going forward. But, but I think that when you take a look at these differences, uh, you, you see the appraisal cap rates really suggest that there has to be a substantial rise in them and that ultimately that'll result in a pretty significant decline in private real estate values. And you know you can actually take a look at this on a uh, property type basis, and when when you do, you still find that the gaps are pretty large. I mean, on uh, industrial properties, uh, the the difference is still about a hundred basis points. Uh, retail about one hundred and fifty basis points. Apartments almost two hundred basis points, and then lastly, office it's over two hundred and fifty basis points. So again. The expectation is that the private markets will still see a pretty big uh, decline, yet the public markets have already taken it. Hmm. Interesting. And it seems like the, the public markets, the REITs, you know, a lot of their debt is, is you know, it's low loan to value, right? And, and it's uh, non-recourse for the most part. So, you know, if values do decline uh, in a troublesome way, um, and, and some of these properties are potentially upside down. I guess uh, REITs with non-recourse loans really have a little more leverage than maybe investors in the private world. Yeah, you know, I, I would definitely say if you take a look at, you know, the, the current, uh, I guess, capital markets today, uh, you, you can say that we're having a little bit of mortgage market turmoil. And, and so particularly if you're looking for a refinancing, uh, you're facing higher rates, uh, more stringent underwriting standards. And uh, there is a question of whether or not you can actually get that. So, you know, some uh, real estate investors are finding themselves in a bit of a pickle. Uh, some are, are facing negative leverage. Uh, others don't know if they could refinance at par. And in this kind of divergence that we talked about as well, just really kind of compounds the problem. So when we take a look at REITs, they're certainly not immune uh, to the rise in interest rates, but uh, but they've been pretty well insulated from the turmoil, and and that really stems because REITs have done a great job in terms of keeping their leverage ratios low. Uh, they also predominantly utilize uh, unsecured fixed rate uh, debt that has a long term, and and we even have some stats as it relates to uh, uh, REITs uh, from our T tracker. 
And uh, so when we take a look at the leverage ratio, it's below 35%. And, and this is really a level that's akin to a core private real estate strategy. Uh, weighted average term to maturity is about six and a half years. Uh, so uh, REITs have time to kind of get through this challenging environment. Uh, the weighted average uh, cost of the debt or the interest rate is at 4%, and that's a level that's well below the current 10-year treasury. And then, you know, really kind of the last two measures, uh, the uh, percentage of fixed rate debt uh, uh, compared to total debt, uh, it's over 90%. So again, this just highlights REIT's long-term investment perspective. And then lastly, uh, unsecured debt is almost at 80%. And this is really a competitive advantage that REITs have over a lot of their private real estate counterparts. And because uh, really the uh, the unsecured debt market, uh, debt's available. Uh, it's in a, available in significant sums uh, at uh, uh, very attractive rates compared to mortgage rates. Yeah. And I guess it might be an opportunity for some of these REITs to potentially acquire some uh, assets that... Uh, uh, that it may be below replacement cost, or or maybe the type of assets that they uh, that sellers wouldn't let go of, right? Yeah, you know, I think uh, again, you know, in terms of uh, having the uh, the ability to to access the market, I think the the challenge uh, today is that uh, not a lot of transactions. The transaction market continues to be pretty thin, but uh, but REITs are are very well positioned uh, to take advantage of the opportunity when it arises. Yeah. And what are some of the uh, opportunities or tips or strategies that are working for REITs uh, in this current market? So, you know, I, I, I think, again, when we, we take a look at REITs overall, uh, you know, they, they got great balance sheets. Uh, I think it's also important to note that uh, they, they, they have very strong operating platforms. Uh, when we take a look at metrics uh, for operating performance, we see things like year-over-year -year, uh, FFO growth, year-over-year uh, -year same store and a wide growth. Uh, both are kind of in the mid-single digits. And uh, it, it's really shown that REITs have been able to uh, uh, kind of keep up with inflation. Yeah. And it seems like the performance of uh, most all properties in commercial real estate, you know, I know the headlines are tough, but uh, performance seems to be going really well, unless maybe you have some B and C office. But other than that, it seems like A office, government office, medical office, and then all the other property types seem to be kind of rocking along, don't they? Yeah, you know, I, I think that there, there's there been some challenges, you know, perhaps uh, when you take a look at values. But I think operationally, there there certainly has been uh, a, a fair amount of strength. I, I think that when, when we kind of take a look at today's environment, uh, we, we really see that rising interest rates. I mean, they, they've really caused headwinds. For the U.S. economy, uh, financial markets, and for commercial real estate, and uh, right now we're in the midst of a uh, Fed tightening cycle, and uh, you know, kind of the interesting part is that these monetary policy tightening cycles uh, tend to mark inflection points in both the economy and financial markets, and so I think one of the questions that we have is, you know, how do REITs, private real estate, even equities? Uh, perform uh, both during and after uh, these cycles. And in fact, when we, we take a look at the data since 1990, there, there have been five of these cycles. Four of them could be kind of considered complete cycles. 
the, the current one, I would say uh, we're uncertain if it's complete. Uh, although the Fed did take pause at its last meeting, uh, there, there's still the, the potential or an expectation of maybe another rate increase prior to year end. But when, when we take a look at averages, you know, really across those four full cycles, you know, on the one hand, we see that REITs tended to underperform during the cycle. Uh, but when we take a look at performance at one quarter, two quarters, and even four quarters after the cycles, uh, what we find is that not only did our REITs outperform, but there was this kind of pecking order that held in each one of the uh, examination periods where REITs had the highest uh, returns, followed by equities, and then private real estate had the lowest returns. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, the, the REITs that uh, we've dealt with seem to always buy very high quality assets, right? So the best uh, are going to rise to the top in times of trouble, right? Yeah, you know, I think if you look at REIT portfolios overall, what you'll find is that, you know, they, they have institutional quality assets. Uh, they're, they're high quality, well located, uh, and, and probably equally important, they're, they're typically run by best in class operators. Uh, so, uh, so you really get true expertise with REITs. Yeah, we've certainly seen that. For if your listeners out there that aren't aware of it, you know, we we sell properties throughout the southeast. When we deal with with the REITs, um, they're very professional. They they crew. They know what they're doing, and uh, they they don't they they tend to make way less mistakes. Maybe hopefully no mistakes, right? When it comes to acquiring a property and, and operating it properly. Well, what would you say to, for our audience to think about related to uh, REITs uh, moving forward? You know, so I, you know, I think just really kind of closing thoughts are that, you know, we, we realize that, you know, real estate is, is kind of facing a tumultuous time. And, uh, but, you know, REITs really can't offer opportunities. And as we take a look at it, you know, they, they really have solid operational performance. They have uh, sound balance sheets. Uh, they, they offer attractive prices uh, relative to private real estate. And, and we've also talked about this uh, potential for future total return out performance. So, you know, again, REITs are, are really just well situated in the current environment. Yeah. Well, very good. Well, Ed, thanks for joining us. Great information. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Right. Have a great day. And if you'd like more information, they do have a lot of uh, information at their website, at NAREIT's website, and it's uh, REIT.com, R-E-I-T. So thanks for joining us around the country. Uh, please connect with us on your favorite uh, social media. And if you will, share the show with others pay it forward. Until next week, please uh, always stay tuned and, and uh, come back to us next week. This is Michael Bull for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. For commercial brokerage sales and leasing in the Southeast U.S., contact our show host by email at michael at bullrealty.com. By Commercial Agent Success Strategies, 21 incredible one-hour agent training videos. Learn more at CommercialAgentSuccess.com. And by Lumet. For senior housing, health care, and multifamily financing, visit Lumet.com. For more podcasts and videos, subscribe and visit CREshow.com.